0: Welcome back to the Distillery Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are again so very happy to be here with you. Hey, 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 hey! hey. This is Big Boy, my good friend, Pinnell, and you know what? We love you. Yeah, we do. We really. I mean, that honestly, That's no joke. Not a, not a joke. Pinnell's prone to hyperbole, but when we say we love you, it's actually sincere. We, we really love hyperbole. Ya. Yeah, you are.
1: No, I, I have one wife.
0: You, you never do hyperbole. <laughs> These, I, that is the best hyperbole argument I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. But hey, uh, we're excited to be here. Um, we hope that you're excited to be here with us. And before we get into what we're actually going to be talking about, because we got, <laughs> we have a surprise, uh, it's going to be a biggie. Let's talk about what we're sharing as a drink. So look, this is it. This is, we're, we're done with our run.
1: A Blue Note Distillers. Oh man, um, BR Distillers. Um, we are going. I'm, we're going to top off the Juke Joint whiskey tonight, um, and it's been. We've had that. We've had the River Set Ride. Then we have one of their premium bottles, and man, we are just big fans. Big fans. Big fans. And so we are with um, honor pouring it, and with deep sadness, pouring it tonight. Because, yeah, we
0: would hate to see it go. It's kind of like, well, it's timely in that both of our kids have graduated high school mm. and they're going off to college. This feels like we're saying goodbye we're, to like, a loved one. Go Not go, quite as go Blue Note and yeah. have a good life. But in, but come back.
1: But we, we'd love you to come back home. So if anybody yeah. wants to send us a bottle, we would be thrilled. And yeah. Otherwise, we'll just have to get down somewhere in the south where they sell it. And get some of our own. So let's just um, – we got it straight in your cup there. Yep. Let's have a cheers to, to Blue Note.
0: Cheers to Blue Note. So, dude,
1: um, what should we talk about this evening?
0: Well, we did something last time that <clears> – <throat> it's a little stronger without the Pepsi in it. <laughs> we did something last time um, that I felt was actually invigorating. We, we, you allowed me to just throw a topic – on the fly for, for us to talk about, and we kind of went deep and went hard on something big. You just said that we went deep and went hard on something big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm just throwing that out there. And, okay. and that leads me to why we're going to talk about sex tonight. <laughs> no, no. I'm just
1: throwing out there what you said.
0: Yeah, no, I, I sorry for the puns, um, but also not sorry. <clears throat> I think what we're going to talk about tonight is another important topic, another heavy topic, another fun topic... Uh, it's something that's in the media a lot right now, in the news a lot right now. But also, it's not new. The Delta variant? Uh, no, that's oh, boring. Okay. Boring. So, Pennell, I'm going to throw this back to you. Okay. Because this was your idea of what you want to talk about. So was it wasn't. Well, I asked you. and You said, let's do this.
1: Oh, got you. You had, you had given me some choices, some ideas. Yeah, sure. So, look, here's the deal. Um, there is this buzzword called uh, buzz phrase, buzz school of thought, buzz theory, whatever you want to call it, called critical race theory.
0: There it is. And it
1: has been weaponized by both sides.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: Through ignorance sometimes. Yes. Uh, it's It's being misproperly used. Um, and we're going to talk about our thoughts on it. More specifically, we're going to talk about what was, uh, your, what was your angle.
0: Well... I had the benefit of just coming back from an administrator's conference for educators in Oregon. I did not have that benefit. And I want to talk about it as it pertains to K-12 public education. Okay. Because there is actually enough information out there in the news for us to have this conversation on a podcast.
1: On top of that, though, can we talk at least a little bit, generalities, about the reactions to it and and what's going on in our country at this point? Oh, for sure. Okay. I,
0: I think they're tied together. Great. I think
1: um, it'll be an interesting conversation, and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So let's sort of briefly give our idiots version of what – But I've, I want to
1: do something before oh, that. Uh,
0: before oh, we do that. Yes, please.
1: I want to give a shout-out to someone that we care about.
0: Yes, we should do that.
1: So I met uh, this friend of mine um, through seminary
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: because of his situation and um, um, – with a handicapped travel was um, pretty hard for him Yeah, um, being um, in a wheelchair. Um, and so he did the entire, um, the entire degree online. So we, we met through zoom. That's all we've ever known is through zoom, mm-hmm. but I've come to love him as have you.
0: Yes, I have um, and, very much.
1: And we've had, because of our podcast is how your friendship has developed. Yeah. Um, so we have, his name is
0: Eric Freiberger,
1: and Eric lives in Calgary, or as he says, Cal- Calgary. Yeah, up Calgary. In, in Canada um, with his lovely wife Bonnie, mm-hmm. and um, Eric is in a wheelchair. Both he and his wife are wheelchair bound. Yes, as is your father. Correct. Um, that's another thing that bonded you and Eric is, very much. Is so talking about that, um, and Eric has been a f- uh, honestly we can our most faithful listener. Yeah, he now. But not only does he listen. He he gives us feedback, he gives us ideas, he stretches us, and he, he genuinely cares about our podcast. Right. And as such, we had the privilege of being
0: interviewed by Eric, because
1: Eric also has what I believe is a fantastic podcast.
0: That's right. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, The Inception of Wonder, which is so beautifully and eloquently done. Um, great webpage too I beautiful mean, just... web page great web presence great podcast Eric is very thoughtful he's a, one of the deepest thinkers I've he's ever incredibly met incredibly intelligent and all, the guests that he has on his podcast are the kind that enrich your life where you it takes your brain and it pushes it beyond its boundaries to really consider deep theological concepts and, and humanity in a way that you haven't before yeah and I have grown to really love Eric and love his podcast, and he is just going through a lot right now. The,
1: our friend's been going through hell. Yeah. Um, it's public knowledge, but he's been in the hospital for two weeks maybe. Yep. Um, with extreme pain in his shoulder um, up to this point, they really hadn't been able to figure out what the problem was. There's been MRIs and, and issues and hospital issues, and, and it's just it's physically kicking his butt. And it's mentally and emotionally and spiritually. He's away from his wife.
0: Which is devastating. This is
1: devastating to him. Yeah. Um, he's in a lot of pain. Eric is a strong, strong man who exercises regularly. Very regularly. Uh, stays in shape. Um, and to be not be able to transfer himself from bed to chair has been just brutal for him. Yeah. Would you people, say?
0: Yeah. People that aren't wheelchair bound or don't have family wheelchair bound. Our brother Eric is in a situation where... Basically, his mobility has been taken from him. Yeah. When you're wheelchair bound and you can use your arms and one of your shoulders goes out in, for any reason whatsoever, the scariest concept is surgery. Or uh, in his case, um, he might be able to avoid that with rehabilitation, but that means for so long, he now has to rely on people for all of the day to day things that he's done independently for so long. And he is a strong, independent man. And, you know, it's, he is not a whiner. i I consider him a hero i'm very proud of him i'm proud of his intellect i'm proud of his uh, strength his
1: courage to take a stance
0: and his his vulnerability to share his experiences on public media i mean the fact that he's risking sharing all this stuff out with the toxicity of the internet it it makes me even honor him more and i just we've been thinking about him a lot and we wanted to just take time and say folks uh Eric, we love you. We do, man. And we want you to get better. We hope you get better. We are praying for you. We are praying for you, folks. Pray for Eric Freiberger and his wife, Bonnie, that they can have a speedy recovery. And also, if you want to expand your mind, listen to the Inception of Wonder. Amazing podcast.
1: And that's it. We just wanted to give you some love, brother. That's right. So, I know that was kind of awkward going from our topic to that, but I just thought we couldn't miss that.
0: Yeah, but I got it got super exciting because I I do love him. so.
1: So, Eric, if you're listening... We hope to uh, to be hearing from you soon that you're doing great.
0: And yes. Well.
1: And I'm sure you're going to have an opinion on critical race theory.
0: For sure. So,
1: yeah, for sure. And so, Tom, tell us a little bit about what, where we're we going with this.
0: I, I think it would be important for us to kind of define in idiot's terms, like I was saying before, what we think critical race theory is um, And then from there, we just need to jump right into how it's being talked about publicly. And then we can transition into the reactions to that. And then more specifically, how it's playing out in K-12 education. So, boom. So, no no
1: small task.
0: No small task. Uh, Critical race theory is looking at the, in our case the, what we would call the true American history of the United States of America and finding in it the ingrained systemic racism and marginalization of people of color, both indigenous and um, black and uh, minority peoples, that this was a whites-only citizenry as it was created. And in order for us to further grow as a country, we need to recognize that in order to strive to live differently. Okay. Am I representing critical race theory properly, in your understanding? Uh, I, th- I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's.
1: We could argue. People would argue all night about what is the original definition. Um, what does it mean? But yeah, I mean, at its core, it's it's a body of scholarship, mm-hmm. and legal scholarship, right? Um, that is definitely talking about in, in U.S. systems and laws the issues and the the. Um, the existence of race and racial
0: hierarchy in those systems. Okay. Uh, so I mean, and, and by uh, by addressing ad- and recognizing critical race theory here in the, in the United States, we are saying that those systems have these uh, uh, issues here. Like we're recognizing that, that they exist that here. That is
1: kind of what we what critical race theory talks about. Okay. It um it talks about um the the permanence of racism, Mm -hmm. how it's in, it's in the ingrained in, in these things. It talks about whiteness and and whiteness as, as property really. Um, it talks about, um, you know, where do certain interests converge and how does that play a part in, 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 in race and different things. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a big body of scholarship. I think you did a good job. Yeah. I think you did a really good job.
0: Okay. So, it's an academic concept at its core. Would you agree? I, well, at its core, yeah, right. Yes, but I don't think that the the problem exists with what it is at its core. Okay. I think the problem exists in how it's talked about in in public.
1: Okay. So there you go. I think that's where we're going to go. Okay. Because he, let's let's. I know people um, that are against. They say against critical race theory. Right. However, if I were to go to them and say, hey, we want to teach you and your family or your children um, about how racism has shaped America mm-hmm. and how um, ra- racism has enabled some people to get ahead while it held other people back. If you said it like that, most people would be like, okay, yeah, we should definitely talk about that. Uh, probably, yes. I'm yeah. going to say probably, yes. Um but if you were to say, "I want
0: to teach you guys about critical race theory," you're probably going to get a different, right? There's there's something about that label, where it has an adverse response or a militarized response. Um, the words "critical race theory" trigger people into an emotional response. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. That, that's and so I and and we're seeing
1: it now. Um, those words are becoming a weapon. Oh, for they're sure. They're being dropped and lobbed and bombed, uh, and they're being. Things are being labeled CRT, right? Um, now it's an acronym, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, that are be, that are not, and and so the actual definition and real understanding of what it really is has become so bastardized that it, that um, we're having some issues, to say the
0: least. Okay.
1: And so, yeah, man, let's talk about why is this such a hot button issue? Why is there such a heated? Um, body of thought around it why is um is it so political all these sort of things
0: well i mean the the rhetoric that we see around it the adverse rhetoric that we see around it in media is stuff uh similar to like why does everything have to be about race with you you know if you're somebody who brings up critical race theory why does everything everything, have to be about race and um I want to give those people the benefit of the doubt, which is to say that maybe they're just exhausted with trying to have these conversations that are so difficult to have, but um, the way that they respond is dismissive. So that's, that's the best, best I can do. Fair. My hope is that what they don't mean is that there's no such thing as a race problem, so we're wasting their time by bringing it up. I'm hoping that that's not where they're coming from. Hoping, but hoping, but I'm afraid that there's some of that as well. Okay. If you want to know the truth, I do too. And
1: I think it's a byproduct of the polarization of our culture in general. I agree. You know, I
0: think, I mean, th-
1: this theory wa- was birthed. You probably know more than I do in the seventies. Is that right? Amongst legal 60s, scholars. I um, it's so it's not something that was made by the new woke Correct. population. Correct. Right? Correct. Um, and so you have conservatives claiming schools are indoctrinating my kids with critical race theory. You have, and I use conservatives. With, you guys can't see it with quotes because I hate that label. And you have quote liberals saying you don't even know what critical race theory is. And we have this muddled, heated situation um, that really appears to be about something much deeper. But it's, this is this is the trigger now. This is the hot button
0: now. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, taking that sort of public polarized conversation about CRT and then narrowing it down to education, I've seen this play out very specifically um, in transitioning in in K-12 from the argument around whether or not your Department of Education can support Black Lives Matter to then – whether or not your Department of Education in your state should support anti-racist education, okay, to now whether or not your Department of Education supports critical race theory. So is it lumping those things together? It's it's almost like a progression. Okay, so it's like it's like an evolution. It's like an evolution. Okay, and what's interesting, and, and this is conjecture, but it does feel like the perception of the evolution is that the argument is. Becoming intellectualized. So with Black Lives Matter, it was very emotional. Okay. With anti-racist education, there was some data in it, but it was still kind of emotional. But now this critical race theory thing is is data driven, but we don't trust the data because they're trying to rewrite history. Okay. All right. So it's gone from an emotional conversation about whether or not we should include Black Lives in um, uh, in support of anything to now. What are the underpinnings of our government, and should we question how our country was established, or should we trust that we're a great country and not rewrite history? Okay, and and that that problem that is existing between those two factions right now with critical race theory and education is putting them really at odds with one another.
1: Oh, it's become. I mean, you've seen the videos of like school board meetings of Mm -hmm. literally coming to blows, or maybe you haven't, but there's videos in the news of this. So, why do you think that is? What's going on here? Because th- the same people that would say, I'm against these things, would say, hey, do you want your kids to learn how to not be racist? They would say yes. Sure. So where what kind of disconnect do we
0: have here? That's so hard. Um, or maybe that's not the direction this needs to go. No, I, but- I think it's a really important question. It's just a hard one to answer because in trying to think about this, as, as empathetically as I possibly can for people who are in opposition to critical race theory. What I think is that there's a fear that we're indoctrinating kids with the concept that all of the wrongdoings of our country are being attributed to them. Okay. S- specifically, the white kids today are at fault... For all of the things that this country has done up to this point. Okay. I think that is the particular fear that people in opposition to CRT have. I think so. Towards CRT being taught. Or at least one of the fears. But that's a big one. Like, don't tell... That's the overarching Don't one. make my kid feel guilty for what this country Boom. has done. There we go. Right. Yeah. That's that's the short way of saying Okay. It. Good. And, but on the other end of it, you have people who are passionate with, look, I'm not blaming your kid for anything. But I think it's important for all of our kids, no matter what color they are, to finally learn mm. full, complete, in-depth U.S. American history so that the trajectory of our country can be now pointing in a different direction okay. instead of maintaining I would love, the status quo. I would
1: hope so. I would love that. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in that. But
0: No, but I think proponents of critical race theory being taught in education— are hoping okay for that kind of a shift. I think you're right. In trajectory. I think
1: you're right. Yeah.
0: But there's another faction in K12. What is it? And that's a big one. I want to hear this. Curriculum providers. Oh. For What years, do you mean by this? For years, curriculum providers have given school districts state-approved curriculums for US history. Correct. Is that state by state uh, it's The state adopts what can be okay. attributed to uh, acceptable K-12 curriculum for education and in each of the categories, in each of the core courses. So for a U.S. history, there's a list of, in our case, Oregon subjects and content providers providers that we uh, recommend. Okay. But I will tell you, those publishing companies are the same ones in every state. Because really? there are monopolies. That makes sense. And they exist, okay. and that's what they are. And these... <laughs> Curriculum providers have a lot of money invested in this education and these curriculums that are being purchased at the state level in every single state in the United States of America. So for them to change their curriculum or for them to come into question how they've been teaching U.S. history up to this point means that they are nullifying the curriculum that they've provided up to this point. But why
1: is that scary?
0: And I mean, I, I literally, am ask asking that retort, right. like I think the fear is that they're saying they have not been a reputable source, and then you're going to go with somebody else next year. So is it financially driven? I think it's totally financially okay. driven. Uh, that's what I was
1: trying to figure yeah. out. Okay. All right. So
0: those are kind of the three areas where this is playing out the most from what I can see in public education. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the issue isn't really – what is actually critical race theory
0: is is what I mean. Right. That right. To me, that seems to be correct. Okay. Yeah. All right. Talk
1: away. Where are we going, man? Because I'm so intrigued by this. I have a lot of passionate
0: responses, but I want to
1: hold those back.
0: Well, I want you to get to them. I really do because my (laughs) trying to keep the passion out of it. When I look at sort of the data, just the data points that we should be talking about. The only thing that feels sort of uh, out of our control is how the curriculum providers are responding to this um, shift in the way people want U.S. history taught. That's the one thing that's out of our control. How we respond to it is in our own control. How the families of our kids respond to it is something that we can actually engage in conversation about. But what the curriculum providers decide to do with this is totally up to them. So... I feel like we have an opportunity in K12 education to engage in conversation and incentivize these curriculum providers in such a way that they just choose to enrich their history with a full complete US history. Well that that's was going to be my question. If it's
1: economically driven, it seems to have a pretty simple solution. We don't we're not nece- we're not necessarily going to go with a different provider. Just update your damn history. Right. Like, and and we're still going to, you're still going to get paid.
0: I think the fear is that they would have to update it for free. Mm. It's like, we've already subscribed to a year's worth of your U.S. history curriculum for our middle school, let's say. And then they, Uh, okay. And we're like, but But we're going to have
1: to eat the cost of printing new.
0: Exactly. Okay. I see. So there's got to be some way, like, that's why I was saying we need to incentivize them in this conversation. I like that. Because it is a business. I can respect that they're in this business of making money on curriculum. Or do we? (laughs) Honestly, like if you don't, if you don't want to teach this, then we'll find someone. That's the other alternative is that we allow for a, a, an outside the box curriculum provider a to come more in. open market, if you will. And at that point, if that's the decision making that we need to have, that's where the state needs to come in, where your department of your department of education needs to come in and say, This outside the box p- provider is now state approved. And if that could happen, that's a well that's a paradigm shift that would Yeah. It would be like somebody competing against Walmart all of a sudden. It would be good for everyone. But it'd be a very bitter pill for Walmart to swallow. So they can, Walmart can either change before that happens. Okay. Hmm. Or we need to find a way to boost hmm. up the little guy to compete against Walmart. I gotcha. That's exactly what's at play right now.
1: <sighs> okay. Good podcast. <guest.
0: laughs> well, <laughs> the problem with all this, right, is that whether you're the parent who's concerned or the educator who wants to teach or the curriculum provider, You very accidentally or on purpose step over the kids who are affected by this no matter what. Okay. The students of our K-12 schools are the ones who are learning the education we're giving them. So the history curriculum that we're providing to them, which is devoid of what we're calling critical race theory or enriched U.S. history.
1: How about full U.S. history? Full U.S. history.
0: (laughs) Those are going to grow up to become citizens and voters of this country. There and we, we go. if we really want this country to be different, we need to empower them to make a difference. Is, hmm.
1: And so not only that, let's, let's, let's just – you just added a second component to this in my opinion. So it's driven by finance and it's driven by politics. Yes. Tho- those are – you could al- almost argue inseparable, um, synonymous even. Sure. But those two things are what push power in our country. And so that makes, if you break it down to this is this is financially driven and politically driven, well, then it's no wonder it's such a hotbed topic.
0: Correct. Wow. Correct. Wow. But we don't focus on the finances and the politics. Of course it's not. In the media, it's, it's about how exactly. this parent group is pissed off, or this teacher group is pissed off, or these kids are pissed off. All of those things are valid, but the decision makers are left out of the conversation. That are actually pulling the strings. Exactly. And
1: the levers and the buttons. Exactly. Wow. So I f- I feel that it's been a very intentional effort to bastardize and generalize this critical race theory as a concept um, so that you can label anything that you don't like critical race theory. For sure. So I feel – am I wrong in the fact that most people say I don't want critical race theory taught in schools? Those schools aren't teaching critical race theory. Now, they might be teaching – components of of um, history and racism that are part of critical race theory right but they're not teaching critical race theory
0: right there there is not a single curriculum in the state of Oregon as an example that is critical race theory 101 for your kids right doesn't exist
1: now they might teach about a system that had racism built into its fabric which is a piece of critic but it's not critical race theory correct which, which is fair to say. That's like saying um, uh, because, I mean, you could, that's just too broad. It's just too broad. Like, if we were teaching our kids about um, how to cook a cherry pie, um, then someone could say, you're teaching my kid about berries or berry science. And, like, well, that's part of it, but it's not the whole picture. Hmm. Right? Interesting. So, so yeah. like – there's been things that we've been taught or what I'm trying to get to. We've been taught our whole lives that have pieces of other theories. Yes. That have pieces of other schools of thought that have pieces of other um, scholarship arenas. Yeah. And we've never attributed all that teaching to that one thing. Why are we now? And that's rhetorical. No, it's good. Maybe. it's a good
0: rhetorical question.
1: It's just, I just believe we've weaponized it. We have. And it, and it I think it's driven by, (laughs) I think the irony is it's actually driven by racism that we're fighting against teaching, Mm -hmm. you know, in in some ways. And I think it's driven by ignorance. And I think, honestly, I think we're being manipulated. We who? We the people. I think we're being manipulated. We've allowed somebody else Mm -hmm. to have the power to weaponize this term um, and to make us think
0: we know what we're talking about when when we don't. I agree. Because... Um, votes are what matters and if they can weaponize a particular topic or philosophy or or in this case a theory or a way to educate then if they can get enough people in opposition to that then those people are now going to be voters in alignment with you and when the next election cycle comes up you can count on those people to basically do what you say perfect yeah
1: and so I, I, so I think one thing we need to do is step back and really know it, what critical race theory is, and stop attributing everything that talks about race or history to critical race theory. Yeah, for I sure. I think that's not fair. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm. The, if you want to hear some fascinating poll numbers, I just read recently. Sure. I mean, there was a survey done um, in June last month. They, three days, they they uh, interviewed um, 1,600 United States citizens, and they said um, basically. Do you Have you heard of critical race theory? Have you heard of critical race theory? Um, and it's really interesting. F- only 52% of people surveyed said, yes, I've heard. So ha- Just heard of it. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. I'm familiar with the term critical race theory. Um, and so they started thinking, so then if only half the country has heard of it, why is it in every news story? Why does it seem like it is the overarching narrative? So they started digging in and they looked at it's because – The the groups that have heard of it the most, that make up 90% of that 50% are groups that are highly political.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay,
1: so um, it's been been weaponized by political groups on all sides, and the people that are active in those things um, are very much aware of it. So according to these numbers, um, white Americans who identify as conservative in their politics, 71%. So now we've moved up Um, white um, Americans who consider themselves active liberals, 70% again, almost equal, almost exactly equal active in this thing is being weaponized by your political party. Um, White moderates, 48% Hmm. less than all right. African-Americans, 42% Hmm. Latino Americans, 39%. So who's driving this? white politically active people.
0: Wow. Interesting.
1: All right. So then what this poll did was it was really interesting. They, they were like, okay, um, let's break it down a little more. So of the 49% to 49 to 51% that have heard of CRT, how many of you are against exposing it to your, to our students? 38%. Interesting. So it's, it's not what you would think. Then it gets really interesting. If I'm boring, you cut me off. No, this is great. (coughs) Um, but when you break down that thirty percent by group, it's really interesting what they think. Seventy-six to nine percent margin. Democrats say yes, we should teach about it. We should teach about it. All right. Um, black Americans, sixty-two percent to twenty-three percent, say yes, we should do. It. Wait, sixty-two
0: to twenty-three. I don't understand.
1: Sixty-two <coughs> percent um, have a passionate response. Yes, we should teach it. Oh, okay. Thirty-two percent 20- say no, we should not. And then there's a. The okay. Other okay. Five percent to say no. Oh. You know, I don't care. But here's what's interesting. So then they said, "What? Let's not call it critical race theory. Let's pull a definition out of it mm-hmm. and see how people respond. Um, let's disassociate one of critical race theory's actual main tenets, but not call it critical race theory." Okay, I love right? this. I love it. So they got Yahoo News and a couple other places, YouGov, um, to to before they to to redo the exact same poll, but instead of before they even mention, critical race theory, here's what they asked them. Um, Do you agree or disagree with the concept that racism is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice, but also something embedded in legal systems and policies in our country? Okay. Do you you believe that? Right? Um, And is that concept something students should be exposed to in schools and education? And it's, it's so interesting. By the way, they took that exact wording from the, from the uh, Florida Department of Education that just passed a law banning right. critical race theory. That's taken directly from them. Wow. Florida defined critical race theory as the theory that racism is not merely the product of prejudice, but that it's embedded in American society. So they took it directly from that. Okay. Okay. Um, what did Americans think about this? It's fascinating. 54% of people agreed with that statement. Okay. That, that, so that's not that different, right? 54% agree with it. Um, only 28, only 27% disagreed. Then there was the moderate in the middle. Um, now, here's where it gets really cool to me. Um, once you started then saying, should people be taught this? It was almost unanimous yes. Really? Uh, right? Except for um, almost every group. Every single group agrees that that should be taught in school. That's fine. We're not a problem with that. Now, except for one, those that identified as Republican in in this right by a more than two to one margin disagree that that it should be taught because racism is not systemic and is not embedded in the United States. Okay. I'm not picking on Republicans here. I'm saying it's clear that po- political parties are weaponizing and bastardizing both sides to trick us into thinking we know what it is when it's not. When we take it out of context and we say, is this okay to teach? Yes. Can we teach critical race theory? Hell no.
0: Right. Like, but it- when you contextualize it, there is still a l- – uh, not a large. There is still a faction of the U.S. population that believes that should not be taught – to our kids in school. Right. And what was the percentage of now, now, 20, 20 what?
1: I would have to go I'm okay. I do 24. Okay. Okay. But mind you, once they started breaking that down and saying, "Well, do you believe this, this and this?" What they really found out is that Repub- the Republicans and Democrats aren't that different. Like literally um, teaching about United States history of racism is actually fine with 53% of Republicans. When you don't call it critical race theory.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: So it's, 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 it's those the, it's three the words. words. The sides yeah. are, are the same. Yeah. When you talk about the actual concept and the teaching, it's those words. We have allowed three words to become so triggerized. I just made that word up. Sure. That – we're seeing these crazy fights in division, man.
0: We are, but so, I can tell I, you I almost,
1: that might have thrown our whole conversation. No, that's perfect. Off, but it's fascinating.
0: Uh, that that that's perfect. That's taking me exactly where I hoped we could go to. Because w- another thing I'm noticing in this conversation is th- the people who really want to teach these concepts. Like when you t- when you take the definition of critical race theory from Florida and pull it away from the words critical race theory, right? Like the people that want to teach these concepts to kids in K twelve. They're very intelligent individuals, and so to tell them you can't teach critical race theory in school is like the easiest lob you can give them Right. because they go, oh, that's no problem. We're intellectuals, and we, we understand what critical race praxis is, which is an, another whole methodology for teaching critical race theory. We understand what anti-racist, anti-racist education is, which we've been doing already. We have all kinds of opportunities to teach kids U.S. history in a way that will enlighten them that, to the information they don't get from U.S. history up to this point. Critical race theory is not a limiter to us, to teaching them the truth. But, no. But you are, so, not you personally, you individuals, you entities are so married to that phrase that you're either demonizing it or weaponizing it. We will just skirt right around it. Right. And we'll leave you there to argue about the phrase. And so what do we
1: do? Like, I've had heated discussions with people recently about this. I'm very in love and we, we walked away fine. But like, I don't want this to be taught. And me like, why? Why would you not want your children to know the truth about what has happened in our country? Like, well, what do you, we learned the truth. I'm like, not the whole truth, my friend. Right. I never learned about the, the, the Tulsa bombings ever. Sure. I never learned about Juneteenth. Right. Yep. Ever. I, I never learned about redlining. Mm-hmm. I never learned about the GI Bill not being given to black soldiers. I, I didn't learn these things. Mm-hmm. So by excluding them, we are leaving history out.
0: Correct. If we want
1: the truth and we want it to be, we have to teach those things.
0: It's akin to saying we're going to teach the Bible but not teach about the period of the judges. Okay. Right? Well, what's the point of going back and talking about the judges? The Jews, they just kept doing the wrong Ah. thing and being judged and learning from their mistakes a little bit, but then they went back to their problems. Well, it's important in the history of Christendom that we understand where we've come from so that we can know where we're going. So then it's important in the history of America to know where we came from, to know where we're going. But the problem is that they argue against that, saying that by bringing up the past, we are now trying to demonize the present. And we're making yes, it... Yes, you're right. That is an argument. Yeah. We're making it the fault of today's uh, youth, specifically the white youth of today, are to be held accountable for what happened in the past in this country. And at, I could be honest with you. At no point have I ever once heard that. Even when, by the way, reparations come up in a conversation. When educated people bring up reparations as a potential solution to... Uh, to critical race theory being taught and, and the change in systemic racism going toward a different America and that reparations are a positive thing. Even when that comes up, demonizing the youth, the white youth of today is not a part of the conversation. Interesting. And I believe that. But the belief is by the conservative white families that if critical race theory is being taught or anti-racist education is being taught then my kids are the bad guy. Then my kids are the bad guy. Wow. I don't get it, dude. I don't get
1: it. And I, maybe I'm a bleeding heart liberal. I don't get it. I I, 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 oh, I want to go I, I do. I want to go there. Um, some of these same people that I've had these conversations with that are saying, we don't need that history. They're not they're saying that without saying that. We don't need to teach that history. are the same people that two years ago when we were trying to take down Confederate monuments in our country, that were shouting um, with full passion, you can't erase history. Correct. You've heard that argument?
0: Absolutely.
1: You can't erase history. That happened. Correct. And just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Therefore, don't touch that. You can't erase history. Now, not all, I'm not lumping that, but a lot of those same people are saying, no, I don't like that that happened. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it, so we can erase that history.
0: Correct. Yeah.
1: And that's where I don't, I don't understand the bipolar nature of that. I I just don't get that. How can you argue the exact opposite of something that like you just were taking an adamant stance against not too long ago?
0: I don't know. I mean, I know that it happens because I, I see it and hear it all the time, but it. It's a disassociation. Yes. Um, it's it's. I want you to do what I say, and I don't want you to make me do what I say. <laughs> I want. That's that's what it is. Yeah. But that's literally what it is. But how unbelievable and
1: cocky and arrogant and insane is that?
0: Uh, well, very. Is yeah. The answer to that.
1: So that's where I go, what's really behind it? And I don't want to be judgmental, but I, I, I
0: get judgmental. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because you might, you are you actually are this, you know? Right. I, I don't mind being judgmental. It's a judgment call, right? I'm not judging the person's soul, but from the content that I'm being given by people that are so adamantly against critical race theory— what I can tell is that they're either not comfortable with the concept of racial hierarchies because it makes them feel like perhaps they're being held accountable for something that um, that they're buying into inadvertently or that they absolutely believe that there's no such thing as racial hierarchies and that our particular U.S. history, our or country systemic racism. Right. Is, is above reproach. Right. And I disagree with both of those things. The, the first group, I'd say, I understand where you're coming from. It's a scary thing to consider. However, there's a lot of power to be gained from learning what you've done wrong and growing past it. And so let's, let's hold hands and go on this journey together. The
1: reconciliation is a powerful thing. Yeah. But it doesn't happen without recognizing the past.
0: Correct. But to the group that's unwilling to admit that there are um, flaws in the creation of this country as an entity— and a lot of those flaws pertain around pertain to rather uh, a racial hierarchy that's making whites the supreme race in a white's only citizenry. well, that you're only arguing against data, and if you're if you're choosing to argue against data, you're not having a rational conversation and you're you're going to lose you, you're <laughs> losing without having a conversation because you're discounting data points, and I can't do anything for you
1: yeah, yeah, man, and I just. I, it bothers me like i just think there's so many false narratives built around it that i would love people to sit down and have this conversation because i've also had conversation about people that who maybe aren't against it but they're not like just like excited about it sure but they have read and they have studied and they have even if i disagree at least their opinions are ed- are based on data they found or or scholarship, or whatever, you know, these sort of things. Um, but I just... These false narratives just have to be dismantled. This idea that your kid's going to be pointed at and called the evil one in class. No, they're not. Right. This idea that uh, everyone's guilty. That's not what it's saying either. It's, but it's it's just telling the, the truth, the history mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. these... This idea that, I, that it doesn't do any... All these false narratives, like, I just... I get flustered for words right now because I just – I don't understand. I want my kids to know the truth. For sure. I want my kids to know the history. That you know what? We did some fricked up things to some other people that weren't like us in the past. You didn't do that, but it happened, and it has played a part in shaping the culture that you benefit from. You're not guilty, but you need to know why it is like it is and mm-hmm. what has happened. I'm not afraid of that. Me neither. I, I want nope. my kids to know that. I want them to have those conversations. What is, there, what is the fear? What, what are people really afraid of?
0: That's the million-dollar question. Right. Man. I mean, it really is. I know that that was just like a rhetorical question, but that's the big one. I feel like if there is a way I could answer that definitively, I would – I would crack this nut. I would solve this problem, and then we could, as a nation, go forward. But I truly don't know. I don't know what exactly people are afraid of to have those conversations. I I can think of things, but I don't know. I don't either.
1: I have a genuine question. Do you think it could be, and you could probably speak to this, being a part of the education system, do you think it's around a fear that – we're not going to teach all history anymore. We're only going to teach about history where there is racism. And do you think people are afraid of losing like historical
0: heritage? Yeah, you, I th- I do think that people are afraid of that. I think a lot of that comes from a lack of engagement with Yeah. Educators. Absolutely. But do you think that
1: that might yeah. do you think that is one of the fears? Oh yeah, for sure. And do do you think do you think it's as simple as changing the wording and, and intentionally not calling it critical race theory, like that, that, that? And I just gave you facts quickly. Scanning, I, if you want to read the article, I can give you guys the link. Um, take disassociating it from those three trigger words changes the context, the conversation completely. Sure. But do you think now it's become so loaded that that won't work when we're talking about education and curriculum and those sort of things?
0: I think it's. I I think it's sort of a layered problem Um, the way it's going to play out in education is educators are going to find a way to teach the kids the truth I I mean people can get bent out of shape about the, the jargon or the acronym or whatever label is attributed to it but educators are going to find a way to teach kids about the truth of US American history and if they don't like it they're going to have to pull their kids out of school that's, honest to God, that's what I think is going to happen. So
1: the bottom line is, like it or not, you're not stopping it.
0: Correct. But um, at the home level, families have to choose whether or not they're willing for their students to engage in that kind of education. And the reason they're going to have to choose that is if they want their children to be a part of the a, of a United States of America that points toward a different trajectory than we're currently on. And in order to do that, you have to admit that th- that trajectory that we're on is not due north. As and a matter of fact, it's, it's flawed. It's flawed, and we're always going to have flaws. But there's one glaring issue that we have to overcome as a nation. And you don't overcome it until you talk about it. Exactly. Hmm. And so that happens at the home. So what what the families and their kids do with the information that they get at school is ultimately up to the families. Yeah. But the way the educators are going to tackle this is you can call it whatever you want. You can make it legal or illegal based on an acronym or a phrase. We are going to try our very best to continue to educate these young people on true American history. Because they, these students, these young people deserve the truth. (laughs) And
1: and that's what we should want that's for our what kids. we should want for our kids it is it really is i i i, I
0: yeah and this is all it's going to be crazy coming from a family of homeschoolers right i work in public education but my wife is an amazing homeschool uh, mom to our kids so i've got my feet very firmly planted in both camps and i can tell you passionately that it is the heart of The majority of the educators that I work with, and I'm talking at a state level, that we really help our publicly educated kids understand where we've come from so that we can know where we should go. And amen that. Exactly. Amen that. Exactly. So you can take any
1: bullshit theory term label that you want to throw on something and and put that out the window as far as I'm concerned. I want I want my kids to be taught the mistakes of the past so that they can be a part of correcting those for the future. Yeah. I, I, I have I have zero fears of that. I I want
0: it and I want it more. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. And you know what? By the way, everyone out there, if you don't like the the method that your local school district or that your schools are, are managing these um, curriculums or these trajectories for your own students, get involved. Go to school board meetings. Participate. Right. The, the answer is not to whine about it. But and, do it Educate, educate yeah, it. For sure, educate yeah. yourself. But don't whine about it on social media and then honestly do nothing because a large majority of people have a big mouth and they don't even make a difference. People that are so furious for how we quote unquote educate their kids in public school, they still have their kids in public school, right? And I actually don't think
1: they're that furious about that. I think they're they're they've been told this is a trigger word that we have to be against, and they fight it.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's we we've we've enough. gone
1: nowhere because. Well,
0: I don't know. We've talked a lot about something. That, I don't know if maybe you folks really know what's going on behind the scenes, but Brian and I because of our dealings with the the public sphere whether it's in education or public health and with young people in general we do we get a lot of what's going on with kids and how educators are trying to help them and my impression is that they're trying to help them
1: <laughs> not yeah.
0: not really indoctrinate I them I think
1: you'd be really surprised what is actually taught in these scary critical race classes yep I agree. I think you'd be really surprised. Those of you that think you're against it, yeah, yep. And those of be honest, those of us of you who think you're for it, because you don't even we don't know either <laughs> what all we critical race theory itself really is, right? <sighs>
0: but get involved exactly. if you're questioning, concerned, or want to participate. The answer is not to whine about it from the sidelines. Get involved. These are your kids after all. Dude, I'll respect someone that fights for their kids. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So, distilling this all, we're making much ado about nothing with critical race theory, in my opinion, because the truth is that we're really just trying to help our kids understand what, what the rest of American history is. Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, that's, that is the distillation, in my opinion. You were right when you said you can't erase history.
0: Yeah, you were right. You were
1: right. So So let teach me the full history so that history doesn't have to repeat itself.
0: That's great. Well, hey, we love you. Peace. Bye.